There's one thing we know for sure right now, that even in a world of uncertainty, cancer doesn't stop, even in the midst of a global crisis. So on Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society is hosting a trailblazing event called The Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie. The event will raise funds to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. So join us and step up to take cancer down. You climb 61 floors or 1,760 steps. You can do this anywhere, inside, outside, on stairs, on the road, or on your treadmill. What you'll do is sign up and on June 13th, join in for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's heart pumping playlist to keep you motivated. Join in June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. You can register for the big virtual climb at lls.org slash big climb. That's lls.org slash big climb. Hello and welcome to Front End Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Ports, I'm with you Friday morning here in lovely Central Ohio. Allison Lucan is with us. Hello. What's going on, Allison? There's a lot going on, Aaron. <laughs> There's a lot going on, and and even in the hockey world, that extends to I suppose it's just a very very busy world right now. Um, maybe this podcast will be a bit of an oasis. Uh, for the next 20, 25 minutes. Um, Allison, phase two has a start date. It does. June 8th, with which my records, what are days anymore? My <laughs> records indicate that is Monday. Correct. My records further indicate that this is June. Interesting. So on, on Monday, the Blue Jackets and teams around this league, the players are allowed to gather for small workouts progress Allison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. indeed it'll be uh interesting you know i've been thinking a lot about uh, what cam said to us on our last episode of of just because you can will you as a player uh begin those workouts and um even cam saying perhaps he'll stay with the workout structure he has it at his facility right now um yep. but, the, but there are guys in town um and we'll see yep. who, who gets together and starts starts going here Seth Jones is in town. Oliver Bjorkstrand in town. Elvis Merzlikens is in town. Um, I think Cam told us. Uh, no, Seth said that uh, Dubois is on his way back. Mm-hmm. Andrew Peak is coming. You've got the Sherwood brothers here. Yes. Um, I'm not sure. So it doesn't have to just be Blue Jackets and these small workouts. It can be players from other teams. So Kiefer and Cole Sherwood could take part. Um, I'm not sure if Roslovic's back in town, all of the mm. Columbus kids, Connor Murphy, where those guys are at, uh, but they could be part of it as, as well. So maybe a few sessions a day at Nationwide for these guys. That is, it, well, it's phase two, so of course it's, it's progress. Um, but it, you know, it, starts, it's, it, it feels like people are starting to get more comfortable going out and the world is starting to open up a little bit more. And this is transferring now to the world of hockey. The league also um, released some details about its return to play plan. 
Okay. And I, so some of these, you know, the question at first was, were they, are they all going to be best of seven series? Uh, is the plan round going to be best of five? I think we kind of knew that was. Would the early round be best of five? Obviously, time is of the essence. The one thing that players apparently were really uh, intent on is that all four rounds be best of seven games. So is that the, the process to win the Stanley Cup, at least the playoff part of it, um, remains the same. Um, it, it's a uh, it's an interesting thing because nothing is the same as it ever is, as it has been before. Um, but I I, I kind of like this setup that it's best of seven the rest of the way. I just wonder how we're putting so much on those play-in series for so many teams. And again, here we are again, but the number five team against the number 12 team that could, God, those could go either way. And you got to figure your crap out really quickly, Allison, those first play in rounds of only best of five. I mean, that's wow. How many of those are going to be over in three Yeah. or do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just not a lot of time to sort stuff out. Well, and it's, I mean, two, I, I, ever since we spoke with Cam about this, you know, I keep thinking like, imagine when we talk about players gearing up for a season, we get it. It all makes sense. But imagine as a player, as a coach, uh, in theory, next week, you're starting in earnest uh, to get your body ready, to get your mind ready. Let's say training camp begins in July, like they're saying. You Mm -hmm. go through a camp, and then in five games, it's done. You put in all that work for max five games. Like That is just mind-blowing to me. Yeah, right. It could be three games. Right, exactly. It could be shorter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so Cam mentioned this as well. We had Cam on the on the um, podcast on Wednesday, if you want to go back and listen to that. Um, a lot of these guys, you know, it's such a timing thing. Guys are, are going to want to know when camp opens um, soon. Right. And I, I think they're within two weeks now of, of saying where the hub cities are. Mm-hmm. I don't know if at the same time they announced – um, when this starts, they've said it will not start before July 10th. So maybe guys look at July 10th just now as a sort of artificial date. That's the target date to be ramped up and ready for camp. Um, but some of these guys have their places where they work out now, so right. they don't need to go. They, the issue is the skating, right? Yes. So they can get they can get back on the ice and they can skate, um, and that's a big deal because not a lot of guys are skating right now. Um, so. The other thing that, that the league announced yesterday is the seeding format um, in each succeeding round of the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs. So we should say this, the play-in round is not the playoffs, though it will feel like that. Right. And it's not being counted as the playoffs. So the Blue Jackets have not made the playoffs yet. Correct. Um, the only teams that have made the playoffs are the top four in each conference. So the, the team that wins the play-in round will then be a playoff competitor. Um, the highest remaining seed in each conference will face the lowest remaining seed. This is this is the reseeding that's been done in the playoffs before. So it's not a true bracket tournament where you can just march your way through. It's a reseeding after each round. Allison, thoughts on that, the fairness of it? Yeah, I know this is something that the players, this was a priority for them. Um, so I think it's important to, to give a nod to that. Um, I, I'm not super this is not one of the priorities in life for me um but i like it 
Um, and I think it would be interesting to see if this sets a precedent going forward. Um, because, you know, you look at um, even the Metro, we talk about how historically, you know, now these last few years, it's a stacked conference and, and getting row. So I, I'm interested to see how this plays out. And, and like I said, I'd be interested to see them weigh this um, for future seasons. Yeah. Um, round robin tiebreaker, and this doesn't apply to Columbus. It's the top four teams, um, but they'll play. So they're going to play three games before uh, the, this thing starts. And this, if there are ties, and so they're going to keep like little standings for these three. It's going to be like almost like an Olympic playing round. Um, ties will be broken by the regular season points percentage. I like that. Mm-hmm. I do too. It still award. It still makes those games that have been played worth something. It does. It does, and I think it. it and again, though, it it this gives a little bit more of an honor, a tip of the cap, if you will, to a team like Boston, right? That yep. was was sitting in a top spot, had had a very strong season, had prepared themselves for a very important run. So I I, I appreciate that nod to the regular season. If you're bored in the house. Bored in the house. Bored. Why not spend some time on yourself? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure you're well-groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving thanks to their lawnmower 3.0. While you're probably looking for new things to do at home, why not make manscaping part of your routine? Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Shaving is about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code the athletic and for a limited time subscribers get not one but two free gifts the shed travel bag a 39 dollars value and the patented high performance anti-chafing manscaped boxer briefs so go to manscaped.com today and use the code the athletic yeah so the league is officially what i've been calling the playing round the league is officially calling it the qualifying round okay i like, I like playing better yeah. Um, the higher seated team will be designated. I, this means nothing other than line changes, best I can tell. Uh, the higher seated team will be designated as the home team in games one, two, and five. So it's essentially, though it's going to be played in the same rink over and over again, um, they have to have a home team or a visiting team because they need the which bench you sit on. The the um, you know do you get uh, the the first line change do you have the 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 long change to the three periods etc um the higher seated team will be designated as the home team in games one two five and seven in the first second and conference finals so uh, they sorted out some some minor things there allison i i was talking to a couple of players this week just via text their feeling is that the qualifying round and the round robin part of this is going to feel strange and new and different and weird. But by the time the first round starts, it's not going to feel like previous years, but it's going to feel like the Stanley Cup playoffs to them. Um, Because they will have been in the environment 
a routine will have been established. This is what it looks like. And now it's us against them. Best of seven. And do you, do you think it's going to feel like that too? Or do you, do you feel like, like we're going to adjust to a, a quote new normal with this and it's going to feel like the Stanley Cup playoffs or is this just going to feel odd the whole way through? Yeah. I mean, they would, the, the players would know better than me, certainly. I think from, from their perspective, but the, from our perspective, the people who are watching, the people who are reporting, I think it's, I think it is going to feel odd, even if, even if the hockey is, is at a playoff level, if you will. I mean, it's, there's no fans. There's, you know, we look to um, baseball said that for uh, road games for them, announcers will not travel. They will call the game from watching it on, on monitors. So I feel like the, the intake of the game, if you will, from those of us not playing it and not, not supporting it directly is just going to feel odd throughout, no matter what happens on the ice. Yeah. It's man, it's going to take some getting used to it. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see the dynamic of, of games being played with no fans. Totally. Totally. Not, ex- not excited by it, but I'm intrigued to see what it looks like. And I want to know if the, if the league's going to pump in noise. I want to know if the Blue Jackets are going to blast the cannon for their games. Right. Um, right. I want to know, we joked about this before, are the uh, on-ice mics going to pick up everything? Because that could exactly. be awesome. Exactly. That could be awesome, and the kids may need to go to bed early. <laughs> um, or we're going to watch the game with the volume down and with Rimmer on. Yep. Um, yep. Or not Rimmer, uh, Miguel. Yet. So, I mean – there's a lot of sort of uh, nuts and bolts questions about this that intrigue me. One of the questions of, of course, in Columbus is what are the hub cities? Um, I was told that earlier this week in a call with a PA, the PA indicated to players that the expectation of a Canadian team, a Canadian city, sorry, being able to host as a hub city um, was starting to go out the window because they can't yeah. get the quarantine yeah. uh, lifted. And that, that surprises me a little bit. Typically, Canada, um, no one thinks hockey is more, more right. central than Canada. Um, and yet, I don't think the, the government in Canada has shown an indication that they're going to lift that or make an exception um, for hockey players from, from Canadian hockey players or other you know, guys on teams coming in. So if, if that's the case, then the only two remaining Eastern conference teams are columbus and pittsburgh um, isn't chicago we, on the list chicago was on the list wasn't it yeah well but that's over their western well it, right yeah but it might not um, be that way what's that? it might not well, be that's that just way. Just to say the league yeah. has insisted that it's not going to be necessarily one eastern one western right um yeah so the, the one thing that i wonder though and they, they and we've read about this too um, the league has also indicated that there are some pushback to the Blue Jackets or whoever, Vegas, um, of, you know, being able to play in their home rink. So <laughs> if Chicago's a host city, could the Blackhawks be there? If Columbus is a host city, and I think most of us have assumed that it would be what an advantage for the Blue Jackets. Well, there are some in the league that don't think the Blue Jackets should be here, even if Columbus is a host city. Um, and then you get into really weird stuff, Allison, with another team making a home in the Blue Jackets dressing room. Yep. Whoa. Um, anyway, so huh, 
if you whittle, so Edmonton was a Vancouver, Edmonton, Toronto were three Canadian teams, the cities uh, considered possibilities for hubs, right? I think that's right. Yeah, there were three of the 10. Yeah, so maybe it could be that it's down to seven. The league's going to have to know here pretty soon. They've said within two or three weeks. So that was a week ago. It's now one to two weeks. So Columbus is still alive. If if those Canadian teams get lopped off, I think Columbus is in a, obviously in a better situation. Allison, one thing I can't get my arms around, though, is if you if you don't want teams playing in their host in their own cities, so Columbus would say go to Vegas. And the Western, say if Columbus is a hub city, they would get a Western, they would get the Western teams. The, the games here, in order to be on TV right. at the right time back home, would have to be really late. Right. Right? Right. I mean, um, I, you know, I don't, I mean, part of me feels like at the end of the day that, that this may not be such a big issue because you can, if in this kind of a tournament in particular, it's my opinion that you can, that, that the, the consistency of play on one or two ranks is going to negate true on ice advantage for a quote unquote home team. Everyone's going to get to know those boards. Everyone's yeah. going to get to know those ranks. The benefit really comes in the facilities, like you mentioned, the locker room. And I think there are ways to negate that. Um, and I also think it's, it's, you know, we know this is that the financial considerations are a big driver of this. Why are you going to force every team to travel when you can find some cost considerations for at least two teams, regardless of who those two yeah. teams are, in my opinion? Yeah, yeah, right. I, I guess my bigger issue is these are, this is being done for TV. Let's not get ourselves. Right, exactly. Right? And so I'm looking through the 12. So you've Chicago's in the central. You've got Vancouver, which is a Western team. You've got um, Vegas, which is a Western team. Those games, unless they start at 1030 at night here right. or 10 o'clock at night here, they won't, they won't be primetime TV for fans there. Now, a lot of these teams are central time zones, so that's not a huge deal. Right. But that has to be a consideration. Whereas if you put the Eastern teams out West, you can have a game there at three thirty or four o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. That back here is prime time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you've got you almost have more ice time there. If you're doing this for TV, you're not going to start a game in Columbus until ten o'clock for a Western team, right? Because it's all about TV revenue. And so, are you going to have a second game at one in the morning, starting? Like, I don't see that. Well, and are we, do we know for a fact that they would only actually play the games on the main sheet of ice? Or could you have technically a game happening in the ice house? If Columbus was a city, could you have a game happening on the main ice and in the ice house and at the shot all at the same time? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what they come up with. One of the things that really helps Columbus is that the shot is so close. For sure. To nationwide. It's the one thing that... Isn't it funny? If you wait long enough, something does make sense. <laughs> Columbus having two arenas so close by. Hey, it finally makes sense. Yep. Um, yeah. It's, but so like Pittsburgh, I'm thinking of Pittsburgh. Where would the second games be? Cranberry? And, and I mean, that's, I mean, for people who haven't been there, that's. That's a hall. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I, 
I think it's, you know, it's interesting to see some of these cities, while I get that they make sense in some ways, they don't make sense in other ways for me because the Pittsburgh practice rink is, is a good half hour away. Exactly. The old one used to be down in South Point. Yeah. Which is forever away. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, if you think of the, of the math, if they're going to do, so there are going to be four best of five series that are going to play out over 10 days. So you're going to have to have two games a day. Okay. So it's either going to be a, one game at seven and one game at eight staggered here. And so shot and nationwide. Right. Or it's going to have to be a seven o'clock and a 10 o'clock game. I like and the it, two better personally. Yeah, I do too. But these are the things the league has to kick around. But, but then a part of me says they can't, maybe they're shaping the, the the way that they play from city to city but they could not have that system in pittsburgh where they play right right i mean it'd have to be they'd have to use the same sheet of ice i can't see them playing games in cranberry no nice facility but um so yeah columbus is is uh, still alive in that mix the other thing that i wonder is what does the current situation on the streets the civil unrest the protests um, that are occurring. Minnesota is a city that's that is on the list. Yep. And I wondered if the league would dare go there right now. LA is on the list. LA is on the list. Yeah, right. Um, and LA makes so much sense because they're not in it. Right. It would be perfect. Um, but yeah, so and we thought we would would uh, take this opportunity to players from all over every league and, and now including the NHL, which frankly, this is, this is unusual. And it, I, I find it a refreshing change for the NHL so often. I think players are very um, civic minded and very, it's a very globally aware league because it's such a global league, but many times players aren't comfortable stepping out on their own and calling attention to themselves as we've seen here in recent uh, days, the, and Allison, we, you and I were talking before we came on here about some of the messages that Blue Jackets players have put out on social media. Um, some of them have been really powerful. Mm-hmm. Some of them have been, it's been really clear that, and we've been saying this, it, it feels different this time in terms of who all has taken notice. Mm-hmm. And I think you can read into some of the, the, the tweets and Instagram posts that Blue Jackets players uh, have made. Um, and I think that it bears that out. There's been some real sort of um, soul searching, uh, looking inward, but also looking outward at the world. And players have, I think, been more comfortable sharing their thoughts, um, humbling themselves in some ways to the situation in a very public way. Yeah, and I think it's um, I think it's important. I think that you know there there has been some critique, and I understand of it. it this is performative. Um, just saying you agree, saying you believe. What are you going to do about it? Um, these are just PR statements. I I understand that. Um, I understand that view, but I also think um, to your point, there's value in taking a stand, and I think that. Um, when we talk about awareness of an issue and awareness of something that needs change, and in this case, we're talking about racial inequity, 
um, which is pervasive in so many things um, that for, for maybe someone who hasn't been touched by it or who is fortunate enough to have not had to see some of these realities to see that maybe the players you love or the sport that you love is saying, we're going to shine a light on this. We are seeing it. I think there's value in that. Um, and I think that it does feel different this time. And I think it should, I think that, um, many of us bear the burden of perhaps not making this a priority, um, to, to, to truly be what we say we want to be as, as a people, uh, forget yeah. as a country, forget as anything as a people. Um, yeah. so I, I think it's, it's, it's definitely a great step. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to all of the local central Ohio and greater Ohio area businesses. Um, and remind you that most of our listeners are in and around Columbus, and then you can even reach out to Cleveland, Cincinnati, and, and the like. So what better way to promote your business than through our show? You're going to reach the audience that is near you, and they're listening to one of your favorite podcasts as well. So to advertise on this very show, go to www.theathletic.com slash podcast ads. There you can fill out a very simple form and we'll get back to you right away. So go to www.theathletic.com forward slash podcast ads today. Yeah. Well, I want to read to you um, Cam Atkinson's post mm. from last night because I thought it was not just uh, he and his wife, Natalie, put it together, not just um, really well written, but it showed uh, it had action in mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Right. It showed that this is a a young man, a child of privilege, grew up in a really good setup in in uh, Connecticut, outside New York City. Um, this is a guy who's who is reconsidering some things, not anything he did, but just how he views the world. Yep. Um, and so let, let me read this. He's at Cam Atkinson, 13, by the way. Um, and these are his words from last night. I've taken the last week and a half to absorb and reflect on the events that have transpired following the murder of George Floyd. I've watched the protest, had time to talk with family and friends, and I have taken a long, hard look in the mirror. I've tried to educate myself on black history and minority issues and my own white privilege. Like any parent, I want a better world and a better life for my boys. The notion that because my boys are white, they'll live a more privileged life than other little boys and girls is wrong. Every child, woman, and man should be granted the same opportunities to succeed and be treated as equals. Systemic racism is a major issue in this nation that needs to be fixed on every level. My family and I have chosen to donate to the NAACP Chapter of Columbus, the Conscious Kid Anti-Racist Children's Books Education Fund. We promise to teach our boys that all races and ethnicities are beautiful and equal so that we may raise them to be part of a generation that accepts their fellow humans. This is not a political issue. This is a human issue. I promise to keep learning, to listen, and to stand up against racism. We stand with you and we believe that Black Lives Matter. It's pretty strong. And he, he included, um, while, while protecting his privacy, of course, he included the receipts from his donations to those two charities as yeah. well uh, to show yeah. his action, which I think is, you know, again, if you listen to um, a lot of the community leaders, they say that's 
that's what's going to make change um, is the action that we all pursue. And I, I applaud Cam for that for sure. Yeah. Uh, two things stood out for me. And I love the first paragraph that it referred to not the death of George Floyd, but the murder of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Right. That, mm-hmm. that is a key and telling word. And also love the part at the end. This is not a political issue, even though it has been made that and will be made that forever. It is a human issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on, it's on this, these this next generation to keep that in mind. And I think they do think of things that way. Um, Allison, Nick Felino had some strong words to say earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, go in on that with us, if you would. Yeah, he, uh, he took, um, we all remember, of course, former uh, Blue Jacket player, Anthony Duclair, um, who responded right away. Um, he's been vocal on this issue. And Nick quote tweeted that um, and said, these are Nick's words. Um, I've thought a lot about what's gone on the past week and prayed about it, how we as humans have gotten to this point. The silence that has gone on for so long is now deafening. The oppression that so many face is heartbreaking. I will never pretend to understand your pain. However, I will promise to better myself and continue to listen and educate myself and my children so that this moment in time will be looked back on and remembered as when the world started to heal and come together. It starts with me because I believe that I believe what the great Mahatma Gandhi said, and that is, be the change you wish to see in the world. I mean, the captain's quoting Gandhi. That's a, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I would also like to uh, give a shout out. We had multiple um, players uh, retweeting uh, statements of support. Uh, the first I saw before any um, statement from any Blue Jacket was um, Alexander Wenberg um, was retweeting some, some fellow players in the league, um, Logan Couture, uh, Seth Jones, uh, retweeted PK Subban, um, but Peter Tome, who's a goaltending prospect, and and there's been a lot written on this. Um, if you follow the story of Akima Lou, um, the impact yep. that's that's speaking out um, when you are not a solidified player in the league. Um, and Peter Tome put uh, he's from Minneapolis for those who don't know, um, and he put out a, a pretty strong statement um, that I think is is speaks to um, again, how this is this is a broader audience that's involved in paying attention and, and recognizing that we need to be all part of the change. Well, amen to that. Amen to that. It's been um, oh, it's been an amazing few months here in America. Um, yeah, and to see players stepping up now. Hopefully, this this continues with action rather than just just words, because so many times these things have happened. There's been a flare up, and then for so many of us, it just goes away. Yep. Um, I think it, it, it does feel different this time. Allison, lighter note, you, are you carbo loading today for your big race tomorrow? I, I'm tapering. I'm tapering. Oh, you're tapering. Okay. For my right. race, uh, to build up my energy to take Jeff Svoboda and Tom Reed down tomorrow. We are, we are, we have a scheduled meetup. Uh, the race is going down at nine 30 on, on Saturday morning. And, uh, we will be posting the results shortly thereafter. I'm trying to get I can't I can't get my I'm trying to get my daughter to to pedal a rickshaw, <laughs> and I'm going to be in the back live tweeting. Amazing the results of, of these three. Now here's here's the thing I don't, you got no problem with Tom Reed. <laughs> You're clear there. <laughs> I think I think you can clear Svoboda too, but this Svoboda is an interesting cat because he's been training. <laughs> He's on he's on the rise here, and you True. are the dragon that must be slayed in his mind. You know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> I do. Well, and I will say, so we, we did a fundraiser to ask people to give donations to, to the race in our name of who they thought was going to win. And the loser has to match those donations. And, and people kind of miss the, the, the game within the game here is that you should have bet on the person you think is going to lose. Right. Because that means more donations, but I digress. <laughs> yeah. I guess what I'm saying is don't sleep on Svoboda. Oh, it's true. He's been, he's been on a tear. He's, he's, uh, he's put a lot into himself during this pause. And uh, I don't take this matchup lightly at all. I mean, you're, this is, it's lightning blue jackets from last year. <laughs> it is. There's no way you should lose this. But that's a tough place to be sometimes. It is. I, I, I do feel the pressure. Um, you know, yeah. there's going to be some folks there, some, some family and friends documenting this race. So uh, uh, it's, it's, it's starting to creep up. I've got to do some mental preparation. Got to be mentally prepared for this. I've got, I've got some shoes that I've specifically broken in for this event. Oh, that's a, okay. We so weather, okay. Weather, may, weather may come into play. Uh, you know, I've got, okay. I've got my, my coach and my husband preparing my dietary prep to be, to be at my top shape tomorrow. Are you, I mean, and you know, Svoboda's just overthinking right now. <laughs> He's totally overthinking. Are you a good mutter by, and you know what I mean by that? No, I have no idea. So horses that run well in the rain are good oh. mutters. Oh yeah. Uh, well, so when I, when I ran my first marathon in DC, we, uh, we ran on the towpath and if people know the towpath, you run on that rain or shine and um, we'll, we'll see if I can bring back that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Svoboda's a mess. He's going to be <laughs> all day he's not going to sleep well tonight this just means this means too much to him i think oh. is the concern in his camp we'll see we'll see but we appreciate everyone who joined in the fun and and supported it and i think we, you know we talked with cam last episode and um there are there are new big priorities that we just spoke about but i think that you know, as we know COVID is is still a fight we're waging and i think for cam to step up and do this um focus on the fight here in columbus is awesome and, and we're just happy we could be be a little tiny part of it yeah. Yeah. Not that he's doing this for, for um, recognition, but you have to think the NHL is paying attention for some of the awards that, that they give out in terms of engagement and local, local work with, with the King Clancy, the, all of those type of awards, the leadership awards, et cetera. For Can't sure. Be in a conversation for that as well with some of the stuff that he's done. For sure. No question. It's his birthday. Right, Allison. Too. Happy birthday, Cam. Yeah. Oh, is that a, oh, wow. Yeah. How about him? There you go. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for uh, joining us, everybody. Allison, have a great run tomorrow. Um, I expect to have a wonderful walk Sunday. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you guys all again on Tuesday.